Hello and welcome to the Christ Fellowship Weekly Podcast. At Christ Fellowship, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and His purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit ChristFellowship.org. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from Lead Pastor Jamie Miller. Good morning, everybody. Y'all doing all right? Good to, good to worship today and be in God's presence. Um, I am looking and I do see uh, somebody back there. Um, hey, first of all, I wanted to say uh, thanks to all of our volunteers. There's so many people that do stuff behind the scenes here and just say thank you, all volunteers. Thank you. And uh, you know, it takes a lot of people to just make things happen, you know, and so we're thankful for I'm not, I'm not even going to go into all the different uh, th- things that happen around here, but just so thankful. And I want to give a special shout out to PJ and Aaron Sweeney. Uh, PJ, they are moving to Virginia, and PJ faithfully serving at the soundboard for the last two years. Y'all give it up for PJ. Come on. Amen. Lord bless you, brother. We're going to miss you. Man. Yeah, man, we're going we're gonna to miss you guys, and um, just that's... That's life, you know, too. And but man, thanks so much. It's a joy to just serve the Lord with you. I want to s- Missouri, okay, <laughs> Virginia. <laughs> Somebody recently moved to Virginia. Um, <laughs> sorry, PJ. <laughs> okay. Um, I also want to thank uh, James Albright. Preached last week. Did a great job. Uh, Yancey Smith preached the week before that and, and did a great job. And uh, you, some of you guys may go, what's the deal? Why you? And I'm actually trying to finish writing a dissertation right now, so I'm in crank mode on that big time. Got some chapters due. And so uh, just, just uh, getting some help from my brothers. And we've got great preachers at Christ Fellowship, so it's really awesome. So thankful. Let's open our Bibles to... Uh, to uh, get, PJ, I may, I, I'm going to go a little louder, just so I may just, just a hair down. Um, <clears throat> open our Bibles to First uh, John, First John chapter five, verse twenty and twenty-one. I just want to read the last two verses. We're finishing up this series. It's been a, been a joy to be a part of and to hear other people speak into this. But this series is called "Keep It Real." And I want to read these two verses, and then I'll say something that we've been saying all throughout the whole series. Father, open our eyes up today as we go through your word and preach and and hear the word preached in Jesus' name. Amen. We know also that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true, even in his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Dear children, keep yourselves from idols. Okay, so there's a microcosm there in those two verses of what we've been talking about through this whole series that we've been calling, keep it real. So keep it real, 1 John, keep it real. And the tension is, we brought this out in the first week that John says in John 1, 1, 2, 3, 4, those first four verses, we want you guys to have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and His Son in the Spirit. And that makes our joy complete to tell this. But there's this tension between the reality of life in Jesus Christ and this, uh, what he says here at the end, keep yourselves from idols. The Greek word there, idolon, it, it means uh, false god, but it also means ghost or phantom. 
So keep yourselves from that which isn't real and go for that which is totally real. What's real life? What's, and so we've been saying that over and over throughout this series. That's the tension in this letter. That's the tension in our lives, right? Anybody feel that tension this week? This morning driving in? It's real. It's a real tension because it's the tension between life and substitutes for life. That's the deal. It's, it's that simple. Uh, you know, when the week one, we talked about real life and we talked about the tension between light and darkness. We talked about the tension between uh, confession and self-deception. We talked about forgiveness and sin, obedience and disobedience, love and hate. And there's these tensions that we live, where we live in the real world, those kind of tensions are happening. We talked about real experience in that second week. And, and the big deal there is stay, remain in Jesus Christ. Stay there. Like, remember the dogs? Stay, stay, you know, and at least me, I don't know about you guys, but I am so prone to just distraction. I mean, it, I can walk into one room and forget why I walked in there, right? Okay, so real experience. Yancey brought the word about real identity. Last week, James on real, uh, real love. God is love, and he wants us to know his love and to share that love with others in our world around us. And this week, it's real faith, real faith. So I, I was joking. I, well, I wasn't joking at first. That I, I was going to call this message, Believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the true God and eternal life. And I asked Kim about it. She said, you think that might be a little long for a title? So I'm, I'm calling it real faith, and we're staying with the whole real, 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 real thing. But, but that's it. It's real faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the true God and eternal life. I'm going to say that again and again today. That's, that's the deal. And so we want to walk through this, this passage here. And I, uh, this whole letter for me has been like art. I'm going to give you some metaphors here. So it's been like art. You ever look at a painting and you go, wow, that blows me away. Starry, starry night. Pick a famous uh, painting. Somebody shout one out. That, the Mona Lisa, that's a great one, Mona Lisa. I, I, it, art, art critic, I was going to fail real fast on some of your art but, that you would know. But uh, So you look at that painting, and then you go, wow, that, that blows me away, that's incredible. And then you, you go away from it, and then you come back to it again, and you see more, right? That's, that's the way First John is. Or it's like music. Uh, Micah called the other day, and I'd just been meditating on, on how the Trinity is like occupies the same space and music is something that we can, is an analogy that we can understand, like it occupies the same space, accord, notes, and it, it fits together and yet it's in the same space. That's wild. And I'd been meditating on how we as a congregation, Jonathan Edwards was actually the one I was reading, uh, we as a congregation, you know, he, he was looking forward to the new heavens and the new earth and us being in the heavenly city. And one of the things that's going to be so awesome is us singing together. Because in our words as we sing, even now we get a taste of it. It's like heaven is breaking in because the vibrations of Aaron and Heidi singing so beautifully behind me are actually touching me. And we have a oneness when we're singing together. And Micah says, hey man, how's it going? I know you're there writing and stuff. And I was like, dude, I've been in tears this morning. God's awesome. I've been taking praise breaks every now and then. Why watch a Corey Asbury reckless love kind of video? Do that on repeat. Come on. That's awesome, isn't it? You know, so music, so art, 
music. Creation's another great metaphor for this. And, you know, when you see that some kind of scene of beauty, and part of the deal on this is I see the scene of beauty sometimes, but I still feel the tension of who I am in the middle of it. So a year and a half ago, uh, 2016, we go and visit our son, Matthew. He was working at Amazon in uh, Colorado and uh, California. <laughs> Shout out to all you CA and CO people, right? Um, that was totally random. Colorado people love it. Um, so, so we go see him, and um, he picks us up in a rent car. And uh, we're going to go eventually go to, I think, the second or third day we went to, to uh, Yosemite. And uh, let me just tell you when to advance these, okay? But, uh, so uh, he picks us up in a rent car, a Camaro. He's a single guy working for Amazon. They give him a Camaro, which is really cool as a single guy. Nothing, no, nothing against Camaros. But for a third passenger, that was Kim, had to squeeze and compact into the back seat. It's not made for a really people sitting in it at all. She's sitting sideways, and it's in her portal. It's just a little porthole of a window. It's about 10 inches long and about 4 inches high. Y'all, Graydon, come on. It's, it's less than that. Graydon has one. He's got a family. Oh, had one. Oh, it's gone. I didn't know that. Wow. So, so, so there she is. She's sitting sideways in the Camaro, got a little porthole to look out to see Yosemite, you know, and so off we go, and uh, we, we leave early, and it, it took way longer to get there than I thought it was going to take. It just totally, my expectations were here, and it was like way longer, right? So we didn't take any food, and I realized this trip has taken four and a half hours. I'm on an unexpected fast. I'm cranky. I just, I'm kind of, you know, and here we are driving through this beautiful, it took, you know, a long way into Yosemite. And it is beautiful. And I'm just kind of a little funky, you know, and there's no food. We're not ever going to have food again. And, it's, you know, it's over. It's just, I, and I, you know, when I get like that, I know you guys never get like that, but when I get like that, it's just, I need help bad. So we get up, we're across from Half Dome Rock, and there's a lodge up there. It was awesome, man. I mean, they had food. I'm like, there's going to be food here. This is awesome. Go in, pay 50 bucks for three sandwiches. I mean, they got you, right? You know, you're up in the middle of nowhere on a hill. 50 bucks and, and get the three sandwiches, maybe some chips, and, and I got a sleeve of Oreos. Because I think, man, I need food for later on this afternoon. I got a sleeve of Oreos, stuck them in my jacket. And uh, we go take a look at half, the Half Dome thing. And then we go over to find a place to eat. And it's not far from there. You can flash that next picture up. But because I've been kind of anxious while I'm there, just, I'm, just, I'm just not relaxed. And, uh, and it's not far. The, the cliff is like 25 feet. It, we're, we're on a flat spot. It's a long way over there. It's really not far. But I'm wound up. And I hear from behind me, the people behind me go, did you know that the squirrels and chipmunks here have the plague? And, and, and the lady goes, you mean like the bubonic plague? And I'm like processing in my head. I'm going like Black Death, 14th century. I thought that was gone. I, I, I didn't know we had Black Death anymore. Isn't that something we take care of? And about that time, so I'm, I'm, I'm anxious, I'm wound up. And about that time, a little squirrel comes up, aggressive, just and starts working, trying to get my sandwich. And, I, and as I move like that, the 
Oreo sleeve falls out of my pocket and makes all this racket. And I, and I jumped, man. I mean, I thought I, for some reason, I thought I was falling. I'm a long way from the edge. Kim and Matthew look at me kind of funny. They walk over and they grab me by my elbows and they usher me to a safer place, someplace different, you know, than we were. And, and literally, like, so we leave there. Check it out, the next slide. And we go to this place. The, the, the next place is, is like plague caution. A little cute little chipmunk, you know, whatever. But you got to watch out because the, the bubonic plague is at Yosemite. Why did I tell that story? It's because in the midst of beauty that's all around us, even like 1 John, what he's trying to say to us is, I want you to step into something wonderful and awesome and fellowship with Jesus, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I want you to step into that. But in the midst of all of that, we still have our stuff. And I'm, I'm still fearful. I'm still anxious. I, I, I blow it. I don't, I don't always do the things that I want to do. And sometimes I want to do some stuff that I don't do. You know, and so that's, that's kind of the journey, isn't it? And so here we are finishing up this, this, uh, this book, this letter, 1 John. And John wants us to see this. He wants us today to believe. He wants us to live in faith. He wants us to walk in a real life-giving faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the true God, and eternal life. And when you read this, as we go through this, think joy, think beauty, Think music. Think art. And here's the main thing today. God's calling us to real faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the true God and eternal life. So what I'm going to do is give us seven words, seven words, and these words kind of help us navigate this last chapter here. We'll move through these pretty quickly. Here we go. Word number one. Let me just go ahead and give you the first two if, you're take, if you've got an outline. Love and obedience, because they kind of go together first few verses. Father, bless the reading of your word today in Jesus' mighty name. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God by loving God and carrying out his commands. And this is love for God to obey his commands and his commands are not burdensome. So, you know, when we hear obedience and we hear the word command, we think heavy, bunch of rocks in my sack, it's going to, you know, and what God comes to us and says, it's love. I'm, I'm love. And I want you to know this love. I want you to walk in this kind of love. I want you to have real faith that, that is marked by love and by obedience. You know, one of the things that James hit on last week is that God defines love, and we've got to go with His definition of love. And his, It's not just a warm, kind of cozy feeling on the inside. It's other-centered, self-giving, laying down our lives, coming under, serving. That's what, that's what agape is. It comes under the other. Jesus found a way to serve all of us. He found a way to lay down His life for all of us. And that's God's definition of love. It's, it's for the other. You know, so one of the things I, I'm realizing in our own busy, hectic, frenetic, always going to the next thing life that we live in our American culture, right, is that 
one of the best expressions that we can have for offering love to others is making room for other people and bringing them into our world. That's actually what God does in the incarnation and the sending of the Son and the sending of the Spirit. He makes room for us to be welcomed into a relationship with Him, right? Isn't that good? You know, so one of the best things we can do, now, I mean, there's tons of expressions of this, but I just thought of this one for today, and that is make room for people with hospitality. Like in the New Testament, hospitality, it's not just like having some people over, it's making room for them. It's inviting them into your space. It's sharing that meal. And again, our meals aren't just, just utilitarian. I used to think that that we, we're eating because we're hungry, but we're eating because we're hungry and we're having fellowship. We're sharing lives. We're sharing communion like we just did symbolically. We can do that every time we gather with brothers and sisters in the Lord or people that are on that journey of coming to know the Lord. So love and obedience. You know, the, the obedience piece is that the Holy Spirit, when we start believing in Jesus, the Holy Spirit has already been moving in our hearts to do that, but He's also going to be moving in our hearts to have the heart of Jesus. He wants us to have Jesus' mindset and heart. And what does Jesus do? Holy Spirit leads us to see what Jesus does. What Jesus does is only what He sees the Father doing. Constantly. He is, that's what He's doing. That's His orientation for life, is to live by the life of His Father. That's our orientation for life. In the power of the Holy Spirit, we live by the life of Jesus and His shared communion with His Father and in the, in the love and anointing of the Holy Spirit. Wow, that's good. So this is, this is the path. We believe, we love, we, we obey Him in continuing to love others, love God. If we do this one thing, we change the world. And you know, you don't have it figured out, and I don't have it figured out because we can keep talking about it for eternity, and it's going to keep expanding in mind-blowing, wonderful greatness and goodness. So, amen. Third word. Third word, love, obedience, victory, verses 4 and 5. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. So here's what happens in the real world. You know, uh, we have setbacks. We have fears. We have, we have cranky days. We have funky thinking sometimes. And in all of these, in the midst of all the beautiful that God wants to do, there's us. You know, and, and we're human. And there's grace. And we need, in the midst of our setbacks and disappointments and discouragements, we need this word from Jesus. Who, he was very clear. In the world, you're going to have stuff that you have to go through. But take heart. I've overcome it all. So put your faith. It's a reminder. I, I need this reminder. You need this reminder. When you hit the setback, when you hit the hard thing, when you're in that place where you're struggling, and can I get through this? Remember faith. And Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It's the victory. This is the victory that overcomes all the stuff and the, it's a metaphor, but the pesky little squirrels that come up in life, right? Everybody, you know, and, and you overreact because something else is going on. Anybody ever 
overreact. Again, we, we told our kids this growing up. I want to just say it to you guys. You know, whenever somebody does like jumps and thinks they're falling off a cliff because the Oreo thing fell out, there's probably something more going on in my life, right? And that's the way it is with all of us. So, so the Lord, in the midst of what He's, the beautiful thing He's wanting to do is He wants us to have overcoming uh, victory because of the faith that He gives us. The next word is testimony. Real faith is going to be marked by testimony, believing God's testimony and having our own, but specifically here, believing God's testimony. This is the one who came by, verse 6, by water and blood, Jesus Christ. He did not come by water only, but by water and blood. It is the Spirit who testifies because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit, the water, and the blood, and the three are in agreement. We accept man's testimony, but God's testimony is greater because it is the testimony of God, which He has given about His Son. So let me pause there and just say that God's testimony is seen in the sending of Jesus Christ. This is, this is who I am, the sending of Jesus. And this is who I am in the sending of the Spirit. Okay, Irenaeus in the second century, I think Yancey may have quoted this, but Irenaeus used this picture of God the Father in His two hands, the sending of the Son and the sending of the Spirit, in order to reach out and grab the world, grab us, and bring us into fellowship with Him. Isn't that a great picture? The two hands of the Father. You know, and so this testimony is about Jesus. He came by water and blood. And so there's a couple ways you can go on this. One would be that John was there at the crucifixion when his side was pierced and he was dead, but water and blood came out, showing that he had died. Yeah, that's one. Or another way of looking at that would be to say that Jesus was baptized, not because he needed, but because he was identifying with us, with humanity. That's Jesus. And then the Father says, you're my son whom I love. With you, I'm well pleased. I love you. And the Holy Spirit descends on him like a dove. And there's, there's that, that anointing for the ministry that he does. So you've got water and then blood is him living that life and then dying on the cross for all of us, for our sins and for our, our brokenness and, and in order to defeat death and the devil in the whole world system. He is victorious because of his life and identifying with us fully God, but, but fully man and then dying on our behalf. And when he dies, we die. When he's raised, we are raised. And that's really, really good news. So, so the testimony is in the sending of the son, Jesus Christ, and in the sending of the spirit who then makes this real to us. He is the one who is moving and breathing and living in and through us and helping us all to see Jesus. He's always going to be pointing us to Jesus, who's going to be pointing us to the Father in the fullness of their love together, that kind of fellowship. You know, we don't, it's like, if we don't say what it is that we've stepped into and are, are enjoying, and it's like John writing at the beginning of the letter, he says, I write this to you to make my joy, to make our joy complete. I can say, man, this, awesome, this is awesome knowing Jesus uh, by myself, but unless I say it to somebody else, I don't get the full joy of it. It's like eating some really good food. What's your favorite fee, uh, food? What? Tacos. Tacos. Hallelujah. That's going to cover a lot of us. Just, 
But so you're eating that taco, you know, and it's just just some scrumptious goodness. What time is it? It's good. <laughs> just really good. It's crunchy or it's soft or it's corn, or it's flour, whatever it is your thing. But, you know, if, if you don't full, say something about it, you don't have full joy in it. And that's what's going on here. So God is giving us a testimony of who he is and what his love's like. And we bear witness to that. The spirit bears witness in us to the truth of this. So this is the testimony. Let me keep going. Anyone who believes in, this, in the Son of God has this testimony in his heart. And anyone who does not believe, God has made him out to be a liar because he has not believed the testimony that God has given about his Son. And I can't say it any more clearly than this. This is, I'm going to just let it stand on its own. This is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life, and he who does not have the Son of God does not have life. I mean, that's it. So the next word then is real faith is going to be marked by testimony, but also by assurance. And I'll read this verse and just say a couple things. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. I remember 1989 was when I saw that verse and it changed my life. It's been a life verse ever since. Isn't that great? You just like, you remember when it happened. Because for me, there was a, again, it's not anybody's fault, but I had this struggle about assurance. I just, this was the verse that opened it up for me. And I just remember having some messed up theology and stuff. I would, basically, it was kind of a yo-yo salvation. Now you're saved. Now you're not. Now you're saved. It's a yo-yo. Uh, now you're not. And, and I thought, man, you know, if I, I just need to confess my sins. And so if I could just, just get, if I had a car wreck, you know, and, and I was dying and last little trickle of blood, and just, I'd have to get out, Father, forgive me of my sins. And that's jacked up, right? That's it's messed up, messed up. And so somewhere in there, I start really having a relationship with Jesus. And then somewhere in there, this guy, and I know who it was, J.C. Davis, who's a New Testament teacher, said, he's from East Texas, now, man, I want you to know that this knowledge, this faith and knowledge in Jesus Christ, it's experiential, it's life-giving, it will change your life. You can know that you have eternal life. And uh, that's not really an exaggeration of how Dr. Davis talked. But uh, it was powerful. And so here's one thing I want to say, too. Another guy I read a lot, his name's N.T. Wright, and uh, he defined, he, so that word, uh, the Greek word uh, for eternal life is, is uh, uh, can, can also be not just eternal, but it's the life of the age to come. And here's the point I want to make about this. And we talk about this a lot, but if you're visiting or haven't heard this or haven't thought, thought about this, you know, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have the life of the age to come. So the Jews, they, they believed that we were living in this age and there was a coming age that was coming and it was going to be, this age is marked by unrighteousness and wars and people not hating, you know, people hating each other and stuff. And this age to come is going to be marked by righteousness, peace and plenty and no wars and all that kind of stuff. And they felt like that age was coming in the resurrection. They got that part, the, the resurrection. What they didn't plan on was the age to come moving into this age in the life, ministry, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So you've got the, the, the two times have kind of 
penetrated each other, and you've got this age and the age to come, and now that's us. In Jesus Christ, we have life, the life of the age to come, and we live in this in-between time where we, are, we experience our brokenness, but we also experience the wonderful life of Jesus and the healing and the help and the hope and the confidence and the encouragement and the salvation and the joy and the forgiveness and the grace. It's all, it's all broken in right now. Does this make sense? So that's what, that, so we are, haven't done this in a while, so I'll do it. We are signpost people pointing to God's future. It's like heaven is touching earth in us. And we're people that are supposed to be expressing the way things will be, the way things should be, the way things ought to be. That's, that's us. That's us as individuals, but it's also us as the church. It's just like, pray with me every single Sunday that we hear the sounds of heaven. That, that, that God's, just the way it ought to be, would be breaking in and our singing and worship and our lives as the church here at Christ Fellowship. So that's assurance. The next piece there is confidence. Real faith means confidence. It's about prayer, this confidence. We have an, this is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask Him anything according to His will, He hears us. And we know that He hears us. Whatever we ask... We know that we have what we have asked of Him. Okay, the big deal here, and I want to say this emphatically, and that is that every single prayer that you've ever prayed in Jesus, every prayer you've ever prayed matters. I'm going to say it again. Every prayer you've ever prayed matters. And we look at, we think about prayer and we think, well, I didn't see that prayer answered. Or that prayer took eight years to answer. Or I may never see that prayer answered. You know, what if you prayed for somebody to get saved and they don't get saved until after you die or something? But then they get saved and then their life changes. They reach China or something. I mean, all those things are possibilities that we just don't, we don't fully know. It's like a prayer is dropping a rock in a totally calm pond or pool of water and it just sends ripples out into the future. And so every prayer, whether we see that answer or not, it matters. It's confidence. Whatever we ask, we can believe and say, God, would you do it? The conviction for me isn't that prayers are answered or not. It's that I don't, I would, I would want to pray more. I want to open my mouth when I'm in there in my office or whatever I'm doing and together with people, I want to pray. Dr. Zacharias Tani Fomum was an African guy who wrote a book called the ministry of fasting. I remember when John Brown gave me this, but he would always do like, oh, I think you're ready for this one, you know, and it was intense, man. I mean, was, the book was about this guy who prayed and fasted. He did 40, day, 40 days on water every year for 20 years. He's praying against communism or something. Two 21-day fasts on water every year. And then when he wasn't on one of those three fasts, he would, every other day would be water, water fast which is very convicting to me because I can, I can go about two days on water and I get violently ill because of some sugar stuff. I know when it's happening, 48 hours, get ready to, you know. So if there's any performance in us, you know, it's the grace of God. It's just the grace of God. Here's Tanny Foman praying like this because he believes and believes. And who knows what all was answered because he was praying like that. Uh, and the point is just to say every prayer meeting, every women's prayer Women's prayer. Somebody, I need a woman. Somebody raise your hand. Women's prayer meeting. First service. There's one back there. Women's prayer. It matters. Early morning prayer for college. 
I saw it on the calendar the other day, Ben's house. It matters. All those prayers matter. Ripples out into the future. You know, praying for the children's ministry, praying in life groups, all that stuff matters. Praying on Sunday mornings. We have a prayer meeting here. It matters. All that stuff, it matters. Confidence to know that he hears this. Last point is that real faith means protection. Let me read these last few verses. Verse, 16, uh, verse 18. We know that anyone born of God does not continue to sin. The one who is born of God keeps him safe, and the evil one cannot harm him. We know that we are children of God and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. We also know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know Him who is true. And we are in Him who is true, even in His Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. He is the life of the age to come. Dear children, keep yourselves from idols. So here's what I want to say just on the struggle. Yancey talked about this a couple weeks ago that we, you know, we do not continue to sin. Well, that's, we struggle. We, it's, it's a hard thing for us because we know that we do continue to sin and nobody's perfect. And the, the picture I, I felt like I, I got was that we've been in Jesus, we've been given a whole new song to play, you know, and we're over here playing, you know, our, we're, it's, it's the song of life in Jesus. And we're playing this song, you know, but every now and then, uh, it's not working. And so, Every now and then we play some wrong notes. You know, it's, uh, it's the wrong note. Or every now and then we're supposed to come in and we don't come in. That's part of music too. Or every now and then we're supposed to like stop, give it a rest. But we're just, we, right? You know, and so just because we blow it on the song doesn't mean we're out of the game. You can miss notes. And it's not like you've gone, I'm taking this song and chunking it. And even if you did that, God would go pick it up and bring it back to you. Right? So super encouraging about God protecting us. It's in Jesus Christ. That's where the life is. That's where the protection is. That's where the, the hope is. You know, it's a journey for all of us. And we've all got stuff that we... Uh, I'm you know, uh, however old I am. I'm actually a little bit younger than uh, Kim. <laughs> Ten days. Okay. <laughs> Truth comes out. We're just, we happen to be in that window right now where I'm always like, hey, what's it like, you know? <laughs> so much love. <laughs> so much love. Um, was I'm, at, well, <laughs> I'm trying to make a point. Now I'm realizing I'm going to be in trouble when I get home. <laughs> um, yeah, just, just that we're, we're maturing. We're in process. And what happens is for us to bear fruit in our lives, for us to be people that are like a tree that's bearing fruit, not only do we have to deal with stuff that are roots that cause problems in our lives, but even just in the core of who we are, not putting up all these these barriers, identifying what the barriers are, self-pity, shame, all these things that just, that well, I don't want to feel that shame again, so I put up this stuff, and this is how I deal with it. This is how I defend myself against these things. And so life and growing up and maturity is a process of those things getting identified. And like Kathy said the other night at the, the discipleship school, Kathy uh, Harris from Toronto, she said, uh, so when you identify those things, say, I don't want it, I don't need it, help me out. 
I don't like it, and you're not my friend. Get out of here. And Father, give me something in replacement for that, for that thing that needs to go. You know, and that's, this is the journey. I mean, I'm, I'm done here. I want to wrap this up. Just say, we live life in this tension. This is, it's a beautiful life. It's a beautiful life that he's calling us to, the real life, as it is in Jesus Christ. But it's a life that we still have to walk in the tension of saying no to the idols, no to the ghosts, the phantoms, the things that aren't real, and saying yes to Jesus Christ. And that, that is where it's at. We are in Him who is true, even in His Son, Jesus Christ, the true God and eternal life. Amen? Y'all stand up. Okay, if you're visiting with us, this is something we do at the end of every uh, sermon. We just take a little time to respond to God. And uh, ministry team's coming, worship team's coming up. And if you're going to pray, uh, if you would, go ahead and come on up. I'm going to pray for folks. And we'll, just, we'll take five minutes here, just a little bit of time to just respond in our hearts to God. So God, would you just speak to us? Would you lead us in just in the midst of the, the tensions that we feel in life? We see the beauty of what you're calling us to. We want to live life just believing in, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and be empowered by your Spirit to know your love and the fellowship of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So Lord, would you just open up to us? What's the, what's the next step? How do we respond to you today? Maybe it's you know, guys, maybe it's something about love or an obedience thing about love. It could be just trusting in the testimony of God. He sent His Son in the Spirit. That may be where you're at today. But the Lord wants you to respond. He's, he's knocking at the door of your heart. Whatever it is, if it's starting the journey or if it's saying, hey, I want to I get back on that journey with you. I want to respond to you. I want a I renewal of faith in my heart. Whatever your need is today, it could be some of these other specifics about assurance or confidence, but come and get prayer. In Jesus' mighty name. Yeah. He wants you. He loves you. He's for you. He's reaching out to you. Amen. Y'all go ahead and come. Be bold.